Hi, this is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, and welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I'm excited to share my conversation with Dina Legland. For over 32 years, Dina has been a wife and mother of two successful daughters, all while acting as a licensed RN, EMT, and home health care provider. As a first responder, she exemplifies strength and courage as she thinks on her feet. Though her self-response time wasn't always that way. She says that cancer saved her life by helping her discover the underlying fears that paralyzed her and almost killed her. Now, Dina is certified in health and life transformation to help women face their greatest fear, gaining clarity around its source to overcome worries that feel toxic, like cancer. Today, she has great strength and response time for herself, and her mission is to help others identify their fears to overcome what they dread using their custom tools, gain back control, and unleash their inner warrior. I look forward to sharing my conversation with Dina. But before I do, just a reminder to head over to my website at revivewellness.com to get your free seven top tips to keep cancer away and feel confident in your body again. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com. Hi, Dina. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. I'm really happy to have you. Thank you so much, Haley. Uh, it's just an honor to be here. Well, I know we were talking before, and I would love to have you share with the audience your story starting from 2010. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, actually, back in 2010, when I was turning 45, I was quite heavy. I tipped the scale at 250 pounds and then I stopped weighing myself altogether. And there was a lot of medical issues in the family. My grandmother had colon cancer and congestive heart failure. My grandfather had liver cancer. My mother had MS, uterine cancer and vaginal cancer. My dad's whole side of the family was all cardiac, you know, um, three heart attacks, stents, valve replacements. So my kids were older and I was just, just not happy anymore. I really truly wasn't. I was so overweight. And January of 2010 is the day I decided to really take the bull by the horns and get healthy. It was a day in January and my mother signed her do not resuscitate order for being home because she was homebound because of her MS. I mean, bed bound. And that day is when I decided I got to do something. So it took me a whole year 
eating healthy, working out, a lot of personal development, mindset, uh, spirituality. And I said, all right, here I am. I'm doing this. Okay. And it took me the whole year. Unfortunately, mom passed away at the end of 2010 in November. So she got to see me healthy and she was just, it was at, I was at peace when she, when she passed away because she got to see me healthy and everything was going great. Um, healthy, fit, you know, everything was going great in my life. And then one day, six years later on October 10th, 2016, I got diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer called her to triple positive. And from the time I found it, I found my lump. Six months prior to that, there was nothing there. Oh, did you have a mammogram or? or yes. What? what happened was I was getting these very sharp pains in my right breast and for like two weeks. And then I went to work and one of my colleagues as a nurse, uh, she examined me and she was like, nope, let's go call the doctor. So we called the doctor. I got into my OBGYN appointment on a Wednesday, went for a sonogram on Thursday. The radiologist would not let me leave till I had a 3D mammogram. And then on Friday, they scheduled a needle biopsy. And on Monday, October 10th, I'm driving home from work and the radiology doctor calls me and she says to me, Dina, where are you? And I said, I'm on my way home from work. She goes, can you pull over to the side of the road? And that's when it hit. And she said to me, I'm sorry, I'm the one that has to tell you this, but you have an aggressive form of breast cancer and you have to see a, a breast surgeon and an oncologist immediately. So being a nurse myself, I got four opinions. And I know that's a little extreme, but I got four opinions just to make sure that the Treatment plan, surgery plan was all the same. And it was. It was chemotherapy first for a few months, then a bilateral mastectomy, and then, then continue with the chemo drugs. So I had chemo drugs for a year. And in between that year, I had the bilateral mastectomy. And towards the end of that year, which was 2017, I had my implants put in. So Everything was going great. I had another reconstructive surgery to do some, what they call recreating your nipples and all of that. Some people have them tattooed. Some people get them recreated with some skin. And that's what my doctor did. Doing great. And then all of a sudden we get this letter and my breast reconstructive plastic surgeon calls me and he says, your implants are recalled. We can do one or two things. And I was like, now what? So he's like, we can leave him in for seven to 10 years and see if you get lymphoma or we can replace them. And I opted to replace them. So from just to give you, your audience a timeline from October 10th, 2016 to August 20th, 2020, I was still going through surgeries and still dealing with the journey. Yeah, the that's tough. Mm -hmm. I just have a quick question. Sure. So were these silicone implants? Yes. Both sets of implants that I have, they're both silicone. 
but the first ones had like, they were called textured. So they look kind of fuzzy, like the fuzziness of a peach. <laughs> okay. That's what they kind of look like because they were very natural. And because of my shape and everything, the doctor thought that those would be the, the best ones. But they, they were doing research and it, they come to find out that the textured implants, if you have them in roughly around the seven to 10 year mark, people were developing lymphoma. So here you are thinking, wow, I'm in remission. I'm doing great. And you get that another phone call. That's, I call them fatal phone calls or paralyzing phone calls and, or those fear phone calls. And it's just like, now what? You know? And how did you handle all this? How I handled it was I'm still in remission because they double check. I mean, I go for my checkups. I am almost six years out from my diagnosis and I still get six month checkups. That's how they do it. I don't know if they're waiting till the 10th year. I, I don't know exactly. Every doctor's different, tell you the truth, but I'm being followed every six months with excellent reports this far. <laughs> Wonderful. And what do you do now to take care of yourself? Uh, because I know, you know, when treatment ends, that doesn't right. mean cancer is over and you could just say, woohoo, I'm great. You know, you right. have to take care of yourself. Right. It was very hard for me during my chemo treatments and the process when doctors were like, just eat what you want. And I'm like, I lost 110 pounds by eating very clean, very healthy, uh, really watching the sugar content and hear that the, the oncologist say, eat what you want. And I understand that point of view when you have somebody who's losing weight while they're going through their chemo. I gained weight through my chemo because I was on steroids. I gained 45 pounds back. And Haley, I want your audience to just stop and think about that. Here is someone, or if someone is out there who has emotional binge eating like I did and was very overweight and you lose that weight and then you start to gain weight back. I said, I didn't care about the chemo drugs. I want this weight off. And people were like, are you crazy? What are you worried about 45 pounds for? You're on steroids, you're on chemo. I said, but you don't emotionally and mentally, you have no idea what that does to somebody. <laughs> people sure. could not relate. Other women who have gone through emotional binge eating and gain weight after losing it. And then some people are like, oh yeah, I do understand. In the grand scheme of things, when you're going through a, a, a cancer journey, people are like, forget about that. Let's just get through the chemo drugs. <laughs> right. And then, so what did you do? Did you end up losing that weight? Yes. That so what I had to do was just give myself the permission to be okay that it's temporary. It's really because of the steroids, not because I, I was eat, still eating clean and healthy. It wasn't because I was indulging and throwing my eating plan out the window. It was because of the steroids. So once I was done and truly done with chemo, that's when it started to come off. So I just made sure I kept eating clean, well-balanced meals. 
the color of the rainbow, drinking my water, and actually exercising in some type of movement. That's so great because it it could just be that people just are worried like, oh God, I, I'm going to gain weight and I might as well just eat anything I can because I'm on these steroids and and you kept at it. And, and that's such an important message, you know, not to give up and, and, and also to, to say, you know what, I'm gaining weight because of the steroids or what I'm going through and give yourself grace. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's also about our emotions and our mental well-being. I mean, through it all also, yes, you're, you're physical, you try to be as physical movement wise or eating healthy. So your nutrition, but it's also your mindset. You know, I had to make sure that I have a little bit of a morning routine and an evening routine where in the morning I'll get up, I drink a glass of water right away, you know, and I'm pretty much out the door going to work out. But when I come back home and into the, into the house, it's having breakfast, having me time, you know, doing a little journaling or doing some reading or listening to part of a podcast that I'm, I'm, I've been listening to or an audio book, you know, and just getting grounded. I try to meditate longer than five minutes. I just, it's just something that's a little more difficult for me, you know, but what I want to emphasize is also an evening routine about, especially when you're going through this journey. Or matter of fact, it could be any type of journey. It doesn't have to be, you know, breast cancer. It could be any kind of cancer. It could be any kind of diagnosis of some other type of illness or just trying to stay grounded. All right. Because stress, fear, anxiety, no matter what we do, it's always there. Right. Yes. So the evening part of it is, is more or less listening to my calm app on my phone, you know, just winding down, no television, no, no phone, like a half hour, 45 minutes before bedtime. You know, it's the, it's those kinds of things. Right. It's so important. And I wanted to ask you, so when we were talking, you mentioned that cancer saved your life. And I just want you to go into that a little bit. <laughs> yes. Cancer saved my life and my other fears almost killed me. And I'm just so passionate about uncovering those things that we fear the most. It's like, it's like peeling the onion, the layers of the onion away. Because at that point in my life, and everybody's life is so different, but in that, at that point in my life, I said to myself, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of the cancer. What I was most afraid of was being judged and not loved because now I needed to take care of myself. As women, we're, we're very nurturing, but not only am I a woman, I'm a nurse, I'm a volunteer EMT. I took care of my grandmother when, when she was home. I took care of my mom when living in the house, you know, for so many years. And it just seemed like every friend in the neighborhood, every family member, it was just like, 
Well, where's Dina? We, we, when it was medically uh, decisions or, you know, I'm having an issue, you know, mindfulness issue or, or you know, financial, and like everybody just kept piling on, piling on, piling on. And then I had to put and set certain boundaries and be, and give myself permission to be okay with, I have to take care of myself through this journey. I'm not good to anybody else anymore if I'm not, first of all, healthy or even here because of my cancer, you know? Exactly. You're so much better to take care of other people. And that's what I always try to stress to women because it is, it's so tough for them because we are nurturers. And my guess is that no one judged you. No. And it's funny because I always like to talk about the definition of fear and what the definition is, is an unpleasant emotion caused by our beliefs that someone or something is harmful, dangerous. And it's just like, I wasn't judged at all. So I had the perception of everybody's going to judge me and not come over, not deal with me because, you know, I needed to take care of myself. And it wasn't like that at all, really. So it was, it was an eye opener. It was an eye opener. <laughs> yes. And so your work helps people deal with their fears, which I think is so important because they can paralyze us, right? Right. Right. So what are the steps that people can take to help them identify their fears? It's, it's different for everybody, but the first step is truly, really trying to find out what the the biggest fear we might have or the thing that keeps us up at night. Because when I ask people, what's your greatest fear? And they're like, I don't have any. What keeps you up at night? What are you worried about that you're not taking the next step in your life? So we really have to ask ourselves really deep, thoughtful, provoking questions. It's like saying, okay, what do I want? I don't think we truly ask ourselves what we want. You know, if you do identify with that fear, is that fear going to harm me? Am I in any danger? All right. It also is trying to figure out, does that fear hinder all of our daily opportunities that we might be facing and they should be happy opportunities. We miss sometimes the boat with that. (laughs) There goes the opportunity right on the ocean, you know, going, going its way. And it's just like, ah, I should have done that. What was I so worried about? You know, it's really, like I said, I, I can't pinpoint how to exactly identify it. Cause like I said, just a few minutes ago that everybody's so different, you know, it's really who I want to be in every avenue of my life. So it sounds like it's about being mindful because sometimes we just were, have all these fears, but we really don't pinpoint what they are. We might have a pit right. in our stomach or we're losing sleep and right. we're not exactly sure. So Can you give us some tips 
to move through our fear. Because as you know, as cancer survivors, we get a weird pain and we're so scared or we have a test, a CAT scan. Mm -hmm. So what are some tips you can give to go Uh, through? (laughs) I actually love to tell others, whether they're my clients or not, when someone has that fear and it starts to surface. So let's take the example of you going for the test. Your test is at 9 a.m. You're going for another mammogram, okay, or an MRI or whatever it might be. So the night before, it starts. All right, I got to go for the test. It's 9 o'clock. Can I eat? Can I drink? What, What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? And it all starts to resurface, all right? So what I explain to do at that moment is to just stop and take five to 10 deep breaths. It's that simple. And people are like, really? It's that simple? And it truly is. Because you have to stop and actually be present to the breath going in and the breath going out. And you're counting. So you literally, the mind is just concentrating on breathing. Not on something else. Right. I was going to say, instead of all that monkey mind that we do. The monkey mind. I love that expression. The monkey mind. Yes. Yeah. Monkeys are all over the jungle running around, right? Exactly. And, you know, we we get so worried that, oh, the test isn't going to come out good. Or Mm -hmm. we make ourselves more nervous. And and you're not going to be in a healing state when you're worried and living in fear all the time. Right. Because believe it or not, when we're that worried, the anxiety, the stress, the fear plays havoc on our immune system and your, your gut issues. I mean, it's just, it's a known fact, you know, it's a scientific proven fact that it it does play havoc on your system. You work with people who, who have cancer, but you also work with other people on their fears. Is that correct? Absolutely. I work my passion is working with women in remission, whether it's breast cancer or any other type of of cancer. But I've worked with gentlemen who've had cancer that were in remission. I've worked with younger women who are fearful that they're going to get cancer because mom had it, their aunt had it, their grandmother had it, whether it's breast cancer or, 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 or whatever it might be. I've also worked with women who are just so paralyzed by their fear because of a life that that something happened in their life. I don't want to say trauma, but a life altering experience. Okay. It could be getting married. It could be getting divorced. It could be having children, you know, like anything that's life altering. And now someone is so fearful of what might happen and their perception of the mind going, like you said, the monkey mind going saying, all right, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. That's gonna, instead of enjoying the journey. Staying you know, in the present, right? Staying in the present. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love how, how you said a lot of your work is with people in remission because I remember myself, I mean, after I was finished with treatment 
I was more scared than ever because I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh my gosh, I never want to go through this again if I can help it. Right. And you don't have the same kind of support anymore no, from your doctors, I, your friends. It's true. Um, because we did discuss this and I felt the same way when I was told I was in remission. Everybody was like, okay, Dina's fine. Dina can do A, B, C, D, E, F. And, and it was just right back to where I was before losing all the weight and really working on my inner self, setting those boundaries, being guilt-free that I'm taking care of myself and I come first. And once again, taking care of yourself is not selfish at all. You know, and, and that, that's one of the biggest things that when we're in remission, it's like, we're the forgotten child, so to speak, you know, I mean, how would it feel to, for somebody to just, you know, give you that hug that you need or say you're doing a great job or you look great in that dress today, you know, because all of those things as women in remission, we're like, we're not the same. Exactly. It changes you. It changes us. You know, it really, truly, and, and you decide what's important to you, what doesn't serve you anymore, and what do you want and who you want to be. Yes, that is so true. And that's such a big part of this podcast because, you know, the name, the Cancer Liberation Project came out of that feeling that really being the person you want to be and and Mm -hmm. living life on your terms. And I think that does that Mm -hmm. a lot for cancer survivors. And, you know, it just brings me to the question for me, cancer was my biggest teacher. And when I talk to many other guests and my clients, they say the same thing. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to hear from you. What did you learn most from cancer? What I learned most from cancer is being okay with myself when I make a decision that serves me. And this might sound a little weird to your audience, but on my terms, my schedule. And the reason I say it like that is because I would rearrange my schedule, no matter I was working full time, taking care of family members, taking care of mom, taking care of the kids. If somebody asked me to do something, I would rearrange my schedule to do it. And I did that for years and years and years. So what came out of my cancer journey is being able to take care of myself and be who I truly want to be guilt free. (laughs) Yes, I love that. I love that. And I just want to ask you before we get into random round, any last advice for the audience, you know, either going through cancer or even now after treatment is over? What I could say to the audience is just be true to yourself because at the end of the day, when you put your head down on the pillow, you did everything you wanted to do that served you and you become more liberated. You feel more energized. You feel like, all right, I got this. People are respecting me for who I am and what I stand for and what I want to do. You know, so give yourself the permission to be okay with that. Mm. (laughs) So are you ready for random round? Sure. 
Okay, fill in the blank. Freedom. <laughs> freedom to you is freedom to me is truly builds up the fire within me. And the reason I say that is because I never thought I had the freedom to choose. Mm. I never felt I had the freedom to be just me. The last show you binged and loved. Oh, Lucifer. <laughs> I my think son, I watched it three times. Oh, my <laughs> son watched that. He told us to watch it. When you're feeling afraid, what do you do? I listen to music. I'm a big music person. As far as telling you the name of a song and who wrote it and who sings it. No, I just love music because I've always, since I was little, loved to listen to live bands and dance. I don't need no partner to dance. I'll just get out on the floor and just dance. It just calms me down. Mm. It really, truly does. So I will turn on the music and just dance around the house and I don't care who's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too. I'm like, oh my God, if my kids could see me, they would die. <laughs> if you can have a one hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? It would be my grandmother my mother's mother who passed away. She was a woman that was ahead of her time. She died back in the nineties, the early nineties. And she was just so open-minded about everything, whether she agreed with it or not, it didn't matter, but she was just so open-minded and she lived her life the way she wanted to. Mm, love that. <laughs> what is your favorite go-to snack? My favorite go-to snack. My, my family makes fun of me, my husband and my oldest daughter. I will eat rolled up organic cold cuts, like chicken or turkey or ham. And I just roll them up and I will eat like a, those little baby cucumbers. It's, I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, I love it. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> What's one simple thing that brings you joy? Oh, just being outside. I can, I was in the house yesterday, you know, doing some Zoom calls and I just, right in the middle of the day, I just needed to go outside, sit outside just for a few minutes. And I just, I just love being outside. Like your audience doesn't know this, but I moved from New York to Southern Florida and it's so different because I could be outside more. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I, I love sorry. to be outside. I love it. <laughs> I think it just centers you, right? Yes. What is on your nightstand? I have a notebook, a pen, and I always have my water bottle on my nightstand. <laughs> What's your favorite form of exercise? Weightlifting. I really, it's something that I've been doing for years. And then I had stopped for a while. So now I'm back into it. But if you, what I'd love to say to your audience, if I, if I may, is I ended up with osteopenia because of the medicine that I'm on um, for the next I have to be on letrozole for 10 years total. 
So what it does, it kind of depletes the bones a little bit. So I have osteopenia. And the one of the best exercises besides walking is some weights for the osteopenia. I'm glad you mentioned that. I yeah, wanted to mention that because that's really now more important to me than, than just, you know, lifting the weights to be stronger as we get older, but it's because of the osteopenia as well. What is one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? My husband. The reason I say my husband of almost 34 years is he had to endure a lot when I got sick in a three year period his father was diagnosed with colon cancer. His mother was, and went through chemo, was going through chemo. His mother was diagnosed with metastatic bone cancer, which we did not know. And she passed away within a month of being diagnosed. Then I was diagnosed and then his father passed away. Oh. So the man has such incredible strength. And there's a part of him that, you know, when they say opposites attract, he's very calm cool and collected doesn't get crazy about things whereas i'm like i'm the yeller i'm the one that gets very upset very fast and 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 you know short not short-tempered but it bothers me quicker than anything else and that's what he taught me when i was going through my breast cancer journey he's like you got this we're gonna get through this we're just going to move forward. We're not looking backwards. <laughs> so he, he, he grounds me as well. When, when I start to get a little antsy about things, he grounds me as well. <laughs> yes, it's great balance for each other. Yes. And where can people find you if they want to hear more? Oh, I'm on LinkedIn and it's my name, Dina Legland. They can go to my website www.wellnesswarriorsforlife.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under Wellness Warriors for Life. Well, Dina, thank you so much. This was so great. And I think fear is just such an important aspect to deal with when it comes to cancer. And I love the work you're doing. Like I said, it was just an honor to be here, to be able to speak to your audience and you as well. And yes, it is, it is something that we need to overcome. And just one last thing, if I may, that fear never goes away. We always have fear. It's just a matter of how we deal with it and the resilience we have to get through it. Thank you again. This was amazing. Thank you again. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health.